On this episode of the Survival Dispatch Podcast with Chris Heaven, I'm joined by Brandon Curran from Battlebox, and we're going to be discussing survival gear. Uh, Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chris, man. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Right on. So maybe before we dive into survival gear, uh, could you give our listeners a quick bio? Of myself or Battlebox or both? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go with both <laughs> all right both. so uh so yeah my name is brandon curran i'm a 46 year old uh unapologetically american male <laughs> um and uh yeah man i just love the outdoors i grew up i grew up in the outdoors i grew up in north carolina actually i, I live in georgia now i've only been here i think seven years um but grew up in north carolina um my parents were into the outdoors my uncles were into the outdoors and things like that and i'm an only child so um i get bored real quick so i stayed in the outdoors doing something all the time i didn't have brothers or sisters to aggravate every day so um <laughs> so yeah grew up hunting fishing uh didn't do a whole lot of camping and stuff like that necessarily but you know we did occasionally but i would go out on my own and just you know we had woods back behind my house i'd go out there and spend the weekend you know my mom would come out and check on me be sure i didn't kill myself every now and then <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah just really fell into the outdoors um because of our lifestyle and um as I uh, got older and became a teenager and then ultimately being able to drive and stuff like that, and then I really kind of branched out and really started doing a lot more with with going camping and and you know going hunting and fishing on my own and met people that did the same thing and and kind of grew those relationships and just always been that guy, you know, just right on. I, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in an age where, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social media. We didn't, I mean, I amen, had a video. Amen to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> definitely different times now, um, which aggravates the crap out of me with my kids, but I digress. Um, uh, you know, having grown up during that time, I mean, that's, you know, you, you spent your time, doing other things be that sports or or being in the outdoors or or something some sort of activity and uh luckily i grew up during those times and i really learned a lot I learned who i was as a man I learned how how not to do things you know um you know uh, that's that's a great way to learn is by screwing up hopefully you sure is screw up bad that you kill yourself but you know <laughs> screwing up you you learn what not to do for sure um, and, um, you know, carried on into my adult life. My, uh, I got married, um, to my beautiful wife and when we're still married today, uh, been 22 years, Good for you. three kids. Nice. Um, and, um, uh, I guess it was 2004, maybe 2003, 2004, uh, kind of whenever YouTube started up, I think it was like. 2004 2005 Sounds um, about right i started filming my you know hunting and fishing adventures basically with some buddies of mine it was just you know the typical freaking home style like i didn't i wasn't doing it for any purpose gotcha. we had a good time we usually goofed off and and said funny things or whatever and we'd film it and uh kind of boiled into uh putting that on youtube 
because there was really nowhere else to put the stuff. So I just put it on there. That way my buddies could look at it whenever they wanted to and stuff like that. Um, and um, it, the funny thing was I got contacted by a guy um, um, you know, in the fishing world. Hank Parker is a okay. big right? So one of Hank Parker's sons got my phone number somehow and called me. I was at work. I was on a roof working on a chiller. I used to be a chiller mechanic. Okay. And, uh, got this odd phone call, right? Flip phone style, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was this dude. He's like, hey, this is Catfish. I'm like, what's up, Catfish? Who's Catfish? And he's like, my name, my name is Billy Parker. Um, I saw some of your videos online. I was wondering if you'd be interested in being a videographer, you know, going on a hunt and filming my hunt and, you know, see how you do, maybe hire you to, you know, shoot for our TV show. I was like, Hey, if it's got to do with hunting, man, I'm in, you know, so I started doing that. So that was kind of my introduction, if you will, to like actual professional video videography and stuff like that. And, um, I did a good job. They ended up basically, I was just a freelancer, you know, I'd go when I could, when I could get off work, I'd go travel the, the United States with these guys and film them deer hunting or antelope hunting or fishing, whatever they were doing. Right on. And, uh, over time, I got really good with the camera, obviously, um, for it to be television quality. And um, that boiled into meeting other people like myself that were freelancers. A lot of, you know, if you like to watch stuff on the outdoor channel or pursuit channel or sportsman's channel and stuff like that, 95% of what you're watching is being shot by a freelance videographer. Okay. Um, very few of those guys like have true production companies that have full-time cameramen. Interesting. Your, your upper 1% do like your real, like your Michael Waddell's, your okay. Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, you know, Jim Shockey, you know, all those guys do, but um, the other 99% don't. So I met a lot of people that were doing the same thing I was doing and several of them lived near me that I, I had no clue. That went on to building relationships. We started our own television show on a regional level. Um, it was called passing it on outdoors. And, um, basically it was videographers doing what we would film other people do. Okay. And it kicked off pretty good. We had, we ended up being on the pursuit channel for a few years. Nice. Um, and I think we ran it for about seven years before we we finally kind of just, there's no money in it. <laughs> there's no money in it. Unless you're selling your own product, there's no freaking money in it gotcha. at all. It costs a metric ton of money to have your, your, your time slot on those channels. Um, those networks don't pay you to be on TV. You pay them to be on TV. Right. So you got to sell ad space, i.e. commercials and sponsorships to pay upwards of, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a year for a 30 minute spot on television. And that gets pricey, not to mention your gear, your licenses, you're going on the hunts. Not all those hunts are given to you. Some of them you have to pay. Most of them we did, we had to pay for. Um, yada, yada, yada. So kind of fast forward, make a long story short, that that became a job that wasn't making any money. We're all doing our full-time jobs at the same time. 
we kind of split off the the main guy that started that. Um, he started a nonprofit helping um, uh, underprivileged kids and handicapped kids and veterans go on hunts. Um, so it was a great segue into that for him. For me, I love filming. I love sharing things. I love, I guess, in a way, teaching things. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and just do what I enjoy doing. So I started a YouTube channel, current 1776. And, uh, you know, did some gun stuff early on. It was before, you know, YouTube started putting the band hammer real hard on yep. gun stuff. Unfortunately, they do now. So um, when they started doing that, I started easing into more like just the outdoor adventure, camping, survival, prepping, uh, just general, what I call common sense outdoors, basically. Um, things that I think everybody should know and do, <laughs> but clearly they don't. Yeah. Um, and then I found BattleBox. So BattleBox, BattleBox's first shipment was March of 2015. Um, I found them on Instagram. I was scrolling through Instagram. I saw an ad about BattleBox. I was like, oh, that's freaking cool. I was like, I, I want that. So I subscribed to it. Right. And I started making <laughs> videos about BattleBox. I was like, maybe maybe my followers would like this. And I think at that time, I may have had four or 5,000, maybe 6,000 subscribers at the time. Okay. And uh, so I started doing BattleBox. I was the first person to do a BattleBox unboxing or review, if you will. The very first person. And... I don't know, four or five, six months went by. My channel was growing, and apparently I was selling a crap ton of BattleBox subscriptions. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Completely inadvertently, basically. Right? <laughs> I was just sharing something I was enjoying, you know? And uh, so they called me up, and they were like, hey, man, you're, you're freaking killing it. Like, you've really helped us launch this business, you know, and people, um, people literally thought I owned battle box. They, they still they, do. They still do. <laughs> um, and, uh, they were like, man, you don't have to pay for box no more. We're going to send you boxes. Just keep doing what you're doing. Would you mind if we put your videos on our website? I was like, yeah, great. You know, I mean, I was, I was a chiller mechanic. I was working, freaking 60 to 70 hours a freaking week out and busting my freaking knuckles every day. And, and I enjoyed that job. I, I did it for 25 years. Um, it was a great career, but this is what I enjoyed. Like, you know what I mean? This is what I enjoyed yep. doing. I was able yeah. to film. I was able to share. I was able to teach and I was doing something that was fun. And uh, so I thought it was great. You know, I don't have to pay for this no more. I'm in. So <laughs> I want to say almost a year went by. Um, yeah. So it was summer of 2016. So a little over a year went by from March 15. And uh, they called me up and they were like, hey, man, you want a job? I was like, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, can I do this for a living? And blah, blah, blah. And they were like, we want you basically to to run our social media be the face of the company you're already the face of the company um and uh moved down here to georgia and 
just do this full time, do what you're doing full time. And I was like, I don't know, man, let me think about it. So talked to the wife and, uh, luckily my wife is very supportive of my, um, ADHD endeavors that I get. <laughs> I get um, <that>. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we talked about it and she's like, look, you know, it's one of those things. If you don't do it or give it a shot, you'll never know if it would work out. Right. You just never know. Do you want to turn wrenches to your 65 years old? I'm like, no, I don't. That That's uh, Wayne Gretzky's famous quote. The only goals I never scored were the shots I never took. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of, that kind of hit home to me in my brain. You know, I was like, you know, do I want to be on a roof in 135 degree heat bouncing off a freaking white membrane roof while I'm working on an air conditioning system so somebody else can be yep. cool making, <laughs> you know, very little money. I mean, I was making good money. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I was putting in 70 hours a week to do it, you know, and, uh, and, and killing my body basically. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know what, if she's, if she's cool with it, I can always go back to working on air conditions. Air conditions ain't going nowhere. Yeah. I got true. 25 years experience. I'm, uh, I'm pretty much a top mechanic, you know, in the company. Surely if I call them and say, you got a truck for me, they'll be like, yeah, come on back. You know? So, uh, I took the job. I moved down here in September of 16 um i actually have family down here my mother's side of the family is from the the, the town uh next to me okay and uh, had an uncle there he had a little pool house with a single bed and a toilet and a shower and i moved into his little pool house um and stayed in there for about it took us about six months to sell a house and move the rest of the family down all right and um and yeah i've been here ever since rocking and rolling so battle box uh we just shipped our 100th mission back in june that's awesome uh, which is a milestone yeah it's great i mean a uh, hundred months of shipping or being in business is 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 a milestone for really any company right yeah it sure uh, is but, you know before we dive into you know the discussion around survival gear uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar or never got a battle box before, what's what's the mission part of uh, you know the okay. box each month? So, um, so early on with battle box, it was kind of coined a survival and tactical box. Okay, um, and hence the name battle box. Uh, and due to our great. Um, way of doing e-commerce now anything that has to do with tactical or anything that has to do with that gets freaking band hammered pretty hard right. it's hard to advertise it's hard to freaking do anything sure is uh, and it's getting worse every day it's so i want to say it's fixing uh, to get even worse but we can oh yeah pick up it's on just, that later yeah um so I want to say in 17 or something to drop the tactical side of it and called it survival and, and adventure. We still yeah. have some tactical stuff in there, but for advertising purposes and stuff like that, for the longevity of the company, we had to kind of rebrand it in a way, but we kept battle box gotcha. and we kept the missions. So a mission is basically, uh, 
you know, um, in the early days, you'd get a, what we'd call a sit rep card okay. that would that would list the items in each level of the subscription. And it was just, when I say missions, it's that month. So mission okay. 100 was 100 shipments, 100 months of the box. Right. Um, so we kept that because at that point we had, you know, whatever, two, uh, 24, 30 some missions in um branding wise i don't think it would would have been wise to take away the word mission or whatever okay so there's four levels of subscription you got basic advanced pro and pro plus um and they stack on each other so if you're an advanced subscriber you get the items that was in basic and then you get the items okay. in advanced and so forth that's cool so pro plus you get everything pro plus was also back in the day <laughs> excuse me coined as the knife of the month club um a lot of us in the outdoors are knife geeks we like knives we like collecting knives um (laughs) you know i've got a metric ton of knives um most of which honestly i mean i i can't use there's not enough time in a day to use them all but i'm i'm a collector in a way too so um and i I give give stuff to friends you know um i'm kind of the knife guy in my circle of friends (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) So um, you're guaranteed a blade, a cutting tool. It could be an axe. It could be a hatchet. It could be fixed blade. It could be a folder. It could be a bushcraft knife. It could be a self-defense knife. If it cuts or chops, you're guaranteed something like that in, in, the, in the Pro Plus level. Okay. Um, sometimes we send those in the lower levels, you know, so you uh-huh. might get two. Um, but it's not always the case. But basic advanced pro pro plus and and oddly enough pro plus is our best seller and it always has been wow so um we have shipped out a crap load of of pro pluses over the you know last i think we're going into 103rd mission now so the next mission will be 103 that's awesome and the idea is is it's a way for new and seasoned people in the survival prepping outdoor adventure camping homesteading i don't care what it is if it has to do with the outdoors if you're into hunting fishing trapping camping freaking uh you know prepping your home learning things uh being exposed to products that you may have may may have never seen before which we've been really really good and blessed to help launch a lot of smaller businesses so okay um a lot of people that are kind of new in the market that have a cool product or want to get into the survival product game or prepping game or outdoor adventure game. Um, they kind of come to us and we in a way are able to get a large enough order to really help kickstart their business for them. You know, Um, we do a lot of, uh, veteran owned businesses in our box, um, as much as we possibly can. Um, awesome. And uh, it's it's a great it's a great launching platform for for businesses getting in the game, um, and basically the way it works is is uh, every product that goes in the box has crossed my desk and I have checked it out and vetted it, um, and um, I have gone through a lot of products, a I lot of imagine. and I don't think people understand how many products don't make the box right um a lot don't make it um for various reasons 
that, that um, that's an interesting comment because i don't have a hard number but i would if i had to guesstimate i'd say somewhere between 60 and 70 percent of the products that were sent never make it into any of our content uh, right we have, we have no interest in hurting anybody else's business so if a product falls short we send it back tell them what our thoughts are sometimes yeah. they correct it or sometimes it's something that got damaged in shipping that we weren't aware of and then right. we're really glad that we didn't roast them online yeah uh, but yeah i don't think people in general realize that you know somebody like yourself endorses a product stands behind it there's 10 more products that you went through before you found that one. That's actually absolutely. And I think, one. I think yeah. part of the thing, the reason, you know, some people will be like, I mean, obviously first impressions is a big deal with a lot of people, right? For sure. Um, not, not everything in our niche, I'll call it is flashy and exciting, you know? True. Um, and, and, sometimes perception would be well this is crap because you know or, or this is something i'll never use well, a lot of stuff i hope you never have to use to be quite honest with you yeah touche but you need it you need to have access to it you need to know how to use it um and i'm not i'm the same way like if i get a product that doesn't make the cut i don't put any content out on it and i don't even speak of it um so therefore a lot of people see me pushing things or talking about things that I like and they're like, Oh, you're just a try hard or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not into bashing other, other stuff. Like I'm not going to get any clout. I could care less about getting clout being the guy on YouTube that has it, that, that wants to blast something for being trash. Like I can't stand people like that. I'm just sorry. Nope. Like, like I'd rather be positive and if you take that positivity as uh crap then whatever like <laughs> you know um i actually i i know of people firsthand who thrive on excoriating vendors and products and oh, yeah. that's that's not a winning strategy in the long term because eventually people are just gonna be like man don't send that guy anything because he's just gonna screw you over sort of thing but yeah. I, I think part of it is uh you know lou holtz winning this coach in ncaa football history i had lunch with him years ago when i was at sun microsystems and he said something really profound brandon that really stuck with me he said you know there's two types of people in this world there's those people who elevate themselves by elevating everybody around them <laughs> excuse me and those people who elevate themselves by putting other people down and mm -hmm. in my experience those people are like extremely negative that that's their way of pumping themselves up to make themselves look important and so yeah, on absolutely it's a waste of energy. It is a waste of energy and it dry and it drags my energy down. And I, I just, you know, Boy, um, howdy. I've, I've been around negativity a lot. It ends up affecting you. I don't care who, how tough you think you are and how well you think you can manage dealing with being in a top. I'm going to say a word that I can't stand right now, being in a toxic environment or being in a, uh, being around toxic people. Um, <laughs> no matter, no, <laughs> I mean, you could be construed as uh, advocating on behalf of toxic masculinity here, Brandon. I mean, <laughs> I'm all for some toxic masculinity, to be honest with you. But it's um, likewise, it, it 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 does tear you down over time. You end up becoming. I mean, there there's a um, I don't I don't like to cuss on on audio or video things or nothing, so I'm not. But you can you can you can put the the curse word and but if, if you sit and crap long enough 
it's going to stop stinking. Right. Um, so, uh, I stay away from the negativity. I, I, I run through products every day that I do not like. I run through products every day that I think are truly crap. Okay. I leave it there and I don't share it with people. That's um, a great policy. You know, I, 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 and there's a lot of products out there that, that aren't flashy, that aren't exciting, that aren't this and that, but they have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you need it and you need to know how to use it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be upfront. Not everything in the box is going to be like grabbing the, the, the most colorful box of freaking uh, cereal on the aisle that every kid wants just because the box looks cool. Um, the cereal is actually crap that's on the inside. Um, yeah, it is. There, there's, there's a lot of things in the survival space and the prepping space and stuff like that that just are not happy-go-lucky, shiny, cool things. But you need to have these, and you need to understand the purposes, and you need to understand how to use them. Hundred um, percent. But we also send fun, flashy things too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so. That's pretty much Battle Box and Whole us a monthly subscription. Um, it's a great way for new people and seasoned people to really bolster their preparations and be exposed to new brands, be exposed to things that they may never have thought of before. And uh, over time, develop a really, a really amass a really good kit, if you will, for all sorts of different situations. Um, and it's a way to get outdoors. My main goal in life is to help equip people with the tools and the resources to survive or have fun or be in the outdoors and get out there and pass that on to the next generations um, and, and keep what we do alive because every day somebody's trying to tear that down. Yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Brandon, none of us, we don't, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So, right. I almost every day, but it's got to be every day. I speak to somebody like yourself and, you know, a topic or an item comes up and I think to myself, man, how did I not know <laughs> that this yeah. existed? What a, what a great yeah. thing. I need to add that to, to yeah. you know, my kit sort of thing. So, and, and in this space, if, if, if you for one second ever think you got it all figured out or you got everything that you think you need, or you're the master of this, you need to step back and take a deep breath and look at yourself again, because I will, I will, I hate the word I'm a or the phrase I'm a professional X Y Z. If you're not learning every day, if you're not screwing up something every day, then you need you need to you need to step back and take a better look at yourself because I'm no I'm no pro. I will never say I'm a pro or a master of anything. <laughs> that, that that's interesting too because uh that lunch i referenced with lou holtz he said another thing he said doesn't matter if it's you individually your business whatever the case may be uh you're just like a tree you're in one of two states you're either growing or you're dying there ain't no such thing as status quo <laughs> yeah. and you know so at the end of the day the only thing that stays the same is that nothing stays the same so you're right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's continuous improvement, right? The Japanese refer to it as Kaizen. But so this is interesting, you know, like I've watched plenty of your videos. Uh, you know, we've done some stuff with y'all where, you know, you're very gracious and took Jason Sawyer out to do your tank shoot thing, which he's still yeah. he's still laughing over that. He's still enjoying <laughs> that experience. It was a great um, time. 
I, I didn't realize the, the breadth of your equipment testing before we discussed doing this audio podcast. And really, like the purpose of this audio podcast was to get your input on, you know, say, what are the top five things that you should have in your survival kit and why should you have them or top 10, whatever the case may be. Right. And I, I knew you knew your stuff, but I didn't realize it was, you know, at that level that you, I didn't realize you're vetting everything that goes out in each of these monthly boxes. That's a, that's amazing that you're doing that by yourself and it makes you, okay, I won't say professional, but it makes you an authority on gear. Um, I don't consider myself an authority, but I touch a, a ton of gear, not as much as you. Um, and it's a just quick little segue here. You know, I'm, Pro, 100% pro-American. If you can afford to buy American, then I think that's what you should do. But I recognize that not everybody has the same disposable income. And I also recognize that, you know, we gave away our intellectual property starting in the 80s to China. They've stolen all sorts of our intellectual property. And you're old enough to probably remember there was a time where everything from Japan was considered garbage. And then they come out with the Sony Walkman and all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, stuff from Japan's not bad. And that kind of rubbed off on everything from Sony to Toyota and so on and so forth. And they kind of passed the mantle of, of junk off to China. But you probably know better than I do even, you you can't say everything from China is garbage today. They've stolen so much of our IP that I see products come across my desk like, uh, uh, and I have no, we, we don't do affiliate stuff uh, because it, it makes it less genuine. I'd rather have no dog in the hunt, you know, so nobody can say, oh, you're pushing this because you're making money off it. But ALP generators, they're $529 propane generator from this really cool guy in, in California uh, named Perry. The price is phenomenal. The quality is phenomenal, and they're made in China. And if you know at our age, Brandon, like I'm, I got eight years on you, but nonetheless, if like we went back as little as ten years ago and said, "Hey, check out this generator. It's made in China," both of us would probably say, "Bullshit. That's really nice. It's got to be made in America or made in Germany or something like that." So, um, again, I think it's funny that this topic came up. So, Jason Sawyer just did a hundred dollar amazon challenge to see if you could put together a kit for a hundred bucks on amazon and he's done thrift store challenges he's done dollar store challenges you know we get hit up by timu and stuff like that frequently and uh, we're going to do a timu challenge i'll let the cat out of the bag a little bit none of the tools that are come from timu are worth investing in regardless of how small your budget is it's all that traditional low quality stuff from china but some of their textiles, I mean, this is an audio podcast, but you and I have video right now that this 80 liter bag that's hanging off my chair here, it's not Exo Mountain quality, but it was $34 off of Timu. And if somebody's on a budget, having that, that bag is a heck of a lot better than having nothing sort of thing. So, you know, again, at the end of the day, adamantly, you know, pro-American but also recognize some people can't afford to buy a hundred percent American made. I think I, I lost your audio there, Brandon. You got me now. There you go. Okay. I don't know how that happened. Um, Technology. Yeah. 
<laughs> supposed to make our lives easier, right? Yeah, boy, howdy. Um, so yeah, speaking on the overseas thing, and I'll just blanket it by overseas. Um, it is uh, we so at Battle Box, we try our best to put as much American-made stuff as we possibly can in the box. Awesome. Um, we 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 cannot nor can any. Here's the thing: a lot. I, I'm a I bleed red, white, and blue. I would, I would, uh, I would stand, stand and fight right beside anybody for America this second if we had to do it, right? Like, amen, one hundred percent. But I also recognize the fact that um, I'm speaking through you now through something that was made in China. I'm, yeah, talking, looking at a screen right now that was made overseas, or I'm assuming China, maybe in Japan. I don't know. Um, the Ford vehicle that I drive that's sitting right outside my shop right now, I bet you there's way more than 150 parts in that American-made truck that was made overseas. Safe bet. Um, I know that for a fact. I mean, I the, the <laughs> there's very few things, very few things that are 100% American-made. Very few things. And one of the reasons why is it's too daggone expensive to run American-made production business in this freaking country, um, and that's by uh, that's voters' faults. Okay? Yeah, um, that's Americans' faults. Um, the the reality is um, it's difficult to do business in America um, and make a and make a profit and and make something that's affordable enough that people will actually buy. Um, and well, I, th I think it goes beyond just, uh, you know, the components that are used to put together something, how many power stations are made in the United States? I'd say less than 3%. I, I'm not aware of any, and we do a lot of grid down stuff and every last one of them is manufactured overseas. Every last yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to work for Johnson controls. Um, okay. that was me I worked for. Um, as a chiller mechanic, um, Johnson Controls, you know, you can think of them kind of like 3M. They, they got their fingers in a little bit of everything, right? All right. I mean, control systems. I mean, actually, the seats that are in Ford vehicles are made by Johnson Controls. They're installed in Ford factories by Holy Johnson shit. Controls employees. Like, they're not even I Ford employees. Yeah. Um, and a lot of manufacturing is like that. Like, I can only speak for Johnson Controls. That's the only one that I that I know, but like okay. in the Ford assembly plants, you have multiple different sections of, of jobs that there are actually other companies, employees working in that site. Yep. So 95%, to my knowledge, 95% of Ford's vehicles across all their brands, um, the interior stuff, is Johnson Controls and Johnson Controls employees installing them in the plants. Yeah. Um, and, and not all of that's American-made stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say GMC is the same way. Any other American-made uh, automotive company is the same. Um, I mean, heck, how many vehicles were sitting during freaking uh, the – I'm putting quotations up the pandemic <laughs> right. that was that was sitting in freaking gravel lots because they couldn't put chips in them that's right right so um 
and at the same time, all the people that 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 scream, I only buy American, blah, 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 online and stuff like that. They're doing it through a freaking phone on a social media platform that's run overseas. Yep. And that was made overseas. Like, come on. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. I, if, if I could buy 100% American made, I would. Um, it's just not possible. So, um, well, we, but there is we, good we, production overseas. There is good production yeah. overseas, right? Yeah. You've got, I, I say it like, you know, you, you got, you got two sides of the coin. You got good stuff from overseas or call it great stuff from overseas. And you got crappy stuff from overseas. Yep. And, uh, but the day, the days of it all being crap are gone. That, that's, they're gone. It's not, it's not an accurate statement. It's yeah. not an accurate statement. Now, yes, do, do we want to send our money to China? No, we we, we no. don't. But if somebody can give me a solution, I'm I'm all ears. Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said voters, right? So you take somebody like Mitt Romney, who you know was the head of Bain Capital, and his career was based on selling out American companies to the Chinese and giving away our intellectual property. So him and his cronies made a shit ton of money, but it caused tremendous damage to America in the on topic for what we're discussing right now. And I don't understand how people keep voting clowns like him back into office, but you know, it's, that's a bummer. I mean, you look at the textile industry, dude. Oh my gosh. Like, um, I can't remember the town that wasn't too far from where I grew up, but it was a huge textile town. Like, like all sorts of blue jean companies were there. Um, I can't think of all of them, but I mean, you literally went in that town and it was textile after textile after mm -hmm. textile. I mean, the whole freaking town, that's what it was. You go there right now. And when you say ghost town, it's a freaking ghost town. And it's been that way since like, Oh, or maybe 99 or 2000 or something like that. Um, so, you know, as well as I do, you know, spending time in, in call it Appalachia, you know, when I hear people talk about how poor inner cities are, they ain't seen poor until they've been to Appalachia. They have not yeah. seen poor. And yeah. when you tell them things like, you know, like I had relatives that lived in Frasiesburg, Ohio, outside of Frasiesburg, population 200, um, the uh, household income, and this is around 2010, was about $12,000 a year. And yeah. you you haven't seen destitution like this in any inner city. You strictly, yeah. it, it, it's it's crazy, it really is. And you think about that, think about that for a second. So in 2000, let's say 2010, you're saying, let's just make it even numbers, $12,000 12, in okay. 2010, okay? During the Great Depression, okay, the average income per year was something like four, four grand, right? Yeah. That was during the depression. So if you do the math, that would put, if you did the math for the value of the dollar today, I would say that would probably put you around 80, 90 some thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah. If you compare apples to apples due to the value of the dollar. Yep. So that would that would say the average income now during the economy we have now should be at or better than 80 grand. Make right. it easy, right? What's some what's the average income right now? 50 something, maybe 60, 
50 something i think is the last i read but but so that would put us that would that would put the person in appalachia at a in 2010 at a 12,000 income maybe at less than a thousand dollars a year during the great depression that's household income too that wasn't per capita yeah. that was twelve thousand yeah. per household you know so you're talking people living in single wide trailers uh you know in a remote location uh, you know trying to live off the land as best they can you know chickens and hunting deer and all that kind of stuff yeah but uh, you haven't seen destitution till you've been there it does yeah there ain't no inner city that can compare to it at the end of the day yeah and i mean it's, it's just crazy man it's but, freaking crazy well i've seen it yeah you've seen it and it's all due to what you just described all of those blue collar jobs that paid a decent income and allowed america to achieve the highest rate of home ownership ever in the history of the world and every the average vehicle, you know, was like four years old back in the 70s, the average yeah. age of a vehicle on the road. In the 70s, we had some economic issues. We had gas crisis, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, last I checked, you know, we were under Obama. Uh, average age of a vehicle was like 14 years. Then under Trump, it got better than that. And now it's got worse again. Uh, I mean, it's we just continue this downward spiral because of. Yeah the you know like you said the jackasses that keep getting voted into office although i i mean i don't want to get our podcast smacked down but i sometimes wonder just how accurate those uh, elections have been over the course of my lifetime so yeah, who freaking knows these days i mean the problem is is it's it has tainted trust yes you know that's the problem you you start you start tainting trust even amongst friends not not even on a national or a political level at all you taint trust on friendship um it's over right 100%. Um, it's very difficult to come back from that and and you know we're we're in a we're in a tough spot um is there light at the end of the tunnel i think so if people if people start waking up a little bit and and honestly dude i could care less what side you, you lean but there's basic understandings and basic principles that should be that should be followed no matter what side you're on. And um well, you've got to step back and look at um what your decisions could ultimately do. Are you basing your decisions on emotions? Are you basing your decisions on on um, ideology? Ideology? Are you basing it on your, I guess, feelings are the same as emotions, obviously, but, um, you know, there's, there's certain, there's certain things in life as human beings, man and woman, where you've got to put your, your feelings, your emotions, your perceptions aside and think things through and right. making a conscious voting decision is one of those things because right. it does affect you and it don't just affect you. It affects your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. It affects your great, great grandchildren. And, um, we're, we're at a place now where people are hurting people are uh getting too deep in their feelings <laughs> yes no and, uh, they're making decisions on those things you know um, I, I think that a, like a really stark example of what you're discussing is the sexualization of children there there is absolutely no justification for teaching kids in kindergarten and primary school 
things about that have to do with sex. You know, yeah. that's, that's well, there's no room for anything things. sexual. There's there's no there, there's no in my opinion there's no room for anything sexual regardless out into the public and and stuff like that 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 that's that's a relationship thing between you and your spouse and and that's where it needs to stay and i'm not saying it is is bad thing like you know we're human beings it's a part of our nature and a part of our dna but it's it's a personal thing that's where it needs to freaking stay you know it, it doesn't i don't have to agree with what you do in your home you don't have to agree with what i do in my home and we dang sure don't need to be um exposing people um you know in their years of forming their freaking smooth brain into a brain right. that's not smooth and yeah. into that sort of stuff you know yeah. <laughs> especially, especially youngins right but i mean yeah that's interesting brandon i mean we don't necessarily attract what we want we attract what we are and so as you were saying that I was thinking to myself that you sound very much like me as far as being a a classic libertarian, lowercase L, not capital L. Those those guys, <laughs> capital L, they're they're loonies. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, this country was founded on you should be able to do what you want to do as long as it doesn't hurt nobody else. And I yeah. shouldn't be shouldn't be you know forcing you to do these different things. And somebody said to me, Brandon, a couple of years ago, that we are currently witnessing an epic battle between those of us who just want to be left alone and those people who just can't leave people alone, you know? And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's craziness, but I would like to, uh, before we wrap this up, because your wealth of knowledge for sure, give me a rundown of what you think that like the top five, six, seven, eight uh, survival tools or gear um, things that people absolutely have to have well um i don't know the number off the top of my head so i'm just going to spit out some things and we'll figure out what that number came up to be all right uh, you should always you should always have preparations for water preparations for food okay preparations for shelter and i would say that includes clothing okay um cover we'll call it Okay. Yeah. Um, good choice. Medical and personal personal protection. Self defense. Um, yeah. So we'll say five. And of course, there's things that kind of play in the middle of those, right? And there's things that expand past those. But those five things, I believe, water, food, shelter, um. Medical self-defense. Medical and, and personal protective um, or self-defense, however you want to uh, umbrella that. So um, let's let's just dive into each of those a little bit. So from a water perspective, you know, besides, uh, you know, stockpiling, say, bottled water or whatever, what are your favorite products, uh, you know, related to water, whether it be filtration, purification, you know, those sort of things? Um. So, you know, there, there's there's products for mass, what I call mass storage stuff. And then there's, I guess, more portable personal type stuff. Yep. Um, there, there's a there's a rabbit hole we can go down for hours when it comes to mass storage. So I'll just leave that aside for now. Okay. Um, but as far as like something I, I can carry with me or something that, you know, I can I can use on a daily basis 
Um, there's a couple things. One, I really enjoy and love the Grail products, um, <laughs> G-R-A-Y-L products. Um, they're freaking awesome because they kill a few birds with one stone. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, GeoPress there. So yeah. they've got your GeoPress, which I think is like a 32-ounce capacity. They've got your Ultra Press, which I believe they just released last year, and we actually put that in the battle box last. I think it was right last on. year. So the Ultra Press is a sixteen point nine ounce. It's a little bit smaller, but what makes it nice is it's a size that will like fit in your truck cup holder. You can carry it around like we see people all the time toting around water bottles, right? So you yep. can use that like a water bottle. Um, so it's 100%. that easy to deal with. You can you can take it to work with you. Yada yada yada. And then they just came out with a titanium version of the uh, Ultra Press, which gives you the ability to, you could use the outer container um, to actually put over a fire or a heat source to boil water if you need to rehydrate food or, if, yeah. um, you know, you need to cook in or, or whatever, right? So what's great about the Grail is it is a purifier um, and a, um, uh, a fill uh, the filter Filtration. for bacteria and, yep. and viruses and protozoa and all this because water can water is an essential thing for life but water can also kill you <laughs> in, in uh, the blink of an eye and you'll, you'll get sick you'll dehydrate and you will die you yep. know not to mention a parasite or whatever else you might get so what's cool about the grail is is it i can't remember the specs but i mean it's it's a metric ton of stuff that it filters out it is. and it also purifies it. So the water actually tastes good. Yeah. Some uh, water filter slash purifiers out there, I'll use quotations. Um, so like if I go out here and I've done it numerous times, I'm actually going to put a video out to tomorrow and next week on water, water filtration. Okay. Um, I go out, I, I did one video where I did the, uh, the grill and there's a mud hole back behind my, my shop here okay that video went freaking viral on tiktok i can't remember how many million video of uh, me me and views it got but there was some guy that was he commented that the that grail's crap it don't work blah 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 because basically what i said is you need to find as clean and clear visible water as you 100%. can and preferably moving water yes and that does a couple things it it is going to extend the longevity of your filter because you're not you're not clogging your filter up with okay. sediment and stuff like that, but also you're cutting down on the potential crap that's in there. Yeah. Well, his his statement was, well, if I got to find clean, clear moving water, it ain't crap. I was like, okay. So I went out to this stagnant mud hole that's beside my freaking. I got goats and pigs and crap all there. Right. It's a mud hole drain off from where my freaking critters are. Okay. There's yeah. no telling the crap <laughs> that was in his freaking water. <laughs> And uh, I filmed myself. It was basically a reaction video to his comment um, using the grill in a freaking mud hole, like a red dirt road, nasty, yep. red colored mud hole. And uh, it filtered it and it tastes like water straight out of a spring. I mean, it was perfect. And uh, obviously it clogged my filter up immediately because it was full of sediment and God yep. knows what. But um, I did that to prove a point and go back to what I'm saying about purification. 
some filter systems, when you filter the water, it still tastes like dirty water, still tastes like pond water. That's or, right. And some filters, they actually take the taste away. Like it, it's just like if you went to the store and bought a bottle of water mm -hmm. um, and the grail does that. So it, it purifies and it also disinfects and does all the, the removal and everything. But it also has its own container. That's another problem with water filters. There's a lot of, lot of water filters out there where you need a container or okay. you drink straight through, straight through it like a Life Straw or a Sawyer. Um, the grill also provides you a container. So you can, you can filter your water. You can drink that down, hydrate yourself right then. And then you can do it again and carry that water with you until you find your next water source. So I think that puts grill kind of at the top of one of the top of the list as far as a portable solution for me. I, I would add, I know that, you know, this is an audio podcast. You and I currently have some video right now, but these guys here are Camp Craft Outdoors. They mm -hmm. make a sleeve for the Grail product. So, you know, the, the, the Grail fits inside of it. All right. Right. But you can take this and scoop water up with it. And then as it drains through the canvas into the grail, it leaves the large sediment, large particulates right. in here and extends the law of your filter and your grail. Yeah. Uh, JJ Morris hooked me up with, with this from uh, fuel, the fires. And yeah. That's a, 12 Very bucks, good. 12 yeah. bucks. And it, it greatly extends uh, the life of that filter as well as the fact it helps get rid of all the heavy duty shit. If you're forced yeah. to, choose crappy water that's got a high level of turbidity right like it's like your your yeah. pond that's a great little addition to it for 12 bucks yeah you definitely any any water filter you want to try to limit the amount of heavy stuff Absolutely. it's just going to expand the your filter can do it yeah but it it's you know like let's say with with the grail i think the geo press is something like 300 or 350 presses or whatever Obviously, it can do more than that. They got to give it a sure. safe range, right? But that's right. Um, if if you if you don't if if you pre-filter situations like in a mud hole, for example, you're going to extend that that life of that filter 100. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to throw in here as well right now that just from a survival dispatch perspective, we have no relationship with Grail whatsoever. We've, right, tested, right. we've tested a ton of water filtration slash purification products and we use grail ourselves. That's yeah. what we use. And we don't it's have a great product. We have no dog in the hunt to speak of. So it's a great product. Another great company out there, I would say, and, and is also in the level of grail, but as far as portability, I put grail as number one, okay. but there's also a company out there called business connect. It's kind of a parent company. Yeah, they make a ton of different water filtration devices, all the way from just simple carbon, like cone type filters that they call the Delta filter, I believe. That's correct. All, and then they make they make the uh, most most of the um, tablets you find that you you yeah. add to the water. Business Connect actually makes those. Aquatabs. They're under a different name, but the parent right. company is Business Connect. So um, we so we have uh, some conversations going with them. They sent us some of the aqua tabs, and yeah. you know we tested some water out coming out the side of our mountain, um, Cut Cane Ridge in Georgia. But uh, they just brought out a reverse osmosis unit that in it's in a little tote that you can take with you. Oh and, yeah, 
And you're right, we could go down a massive rabbit hole on some of these subjects. And this is one of them. People don't realize how complex water purification really is. So something like 80% of municipal water supplies in the country are contaminated with what are called PFAS chemicals, forever chemicals. Mm -hmm. They have no half-life, okay? And they're, they're extremely carcinogenic. So between my wife and I, we have had, you know, dozens of pit bulls over the years. And pit right. bulls are predisposed to getting what are called mast cell tumors. But even though there's that predisposition, we have never had any pit bulls with with mast cell tumors until we moved to Ormond Beach, Florida. We lost one dog from cancer who had both mast cell tumors as well as sarcomas in his heart and lungs. We now have two more pit bulls that are being treated for cancer. And so the last time the city of Ormond Beach released their water results was 2021. They're required to do it every three months by the EPA and they've been stonewalling me on getting me those reports <laughs> that they're legally required to do. And here's the thing, our vet is a close personal friend of ours. He just lost two dogs to brain cancer. The yeah. water here has upwards of 600 times the safe level of multiple forever chemicals, PFAS chemicals, right? We have family in Round Rock, Texas. They said, well, what's our water look like? So we looked it up. There's this website, EWG. They've got about 15 of these forever chemicals in their water. And some of them are a thousand times the safe level, highly carcinogenic. Yeah. So business connect, you're right. The Delta filter, we've got one. Um, yeah. they, they just brought out this RO unit, reverse osmosis. So the way reverse osmosis works is that you can have a solid particulate that's dissolved, but it, it is still a particulate on a microscopic level. And mm -hmm. when you hit the water, you know, with sound waves, ultrasonic waves, it'll push those particulates through a membrane. And right. it's the only guaranteed way to remove PFAS chemicals. Now, here's the next thing. Somewhere north of 50% of private wells are uh, contaminated by PFAS chemicals because of uh, runoff from farmers' mm -hmm. fields that have been hit with pesticides full of PFASs, close proximity to industrial installations where there's been runoff from, from them. I uh, this is a, a, a huge, huge issue, and it's, it's, it hits home for us because of the cancer with our, our four-legged friends, our fur babies. Um, yeah. we, we could probably do an entire year's worth of podcasts and talk nothing but water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you really geek out on science stuff, which I, I do on occasion, um, water is, <laughs> is, is a deep, deep well, <laughs> so hey. to speak. So that's yeah. a great pun. So I'll ask you a question. Um, I would imagine that you've probably tested more water products than I have, but, and I'm, I can't put a number on it, but I can say that with, with a lot of confidence, cause we've done the test that a lot of water products out there, water treatment products are snake oil. They don't do a dang thing. You yeah. know, there's a countertop unit whose name shall remain unnamed. That's very expensive, but very popular. And we tested it with multiple different water sources and it moved the needle a hair for things like alkalinity, but did mm -hmm. nothing for all the stuff that's going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Snake it's oil. You, you definitely need to research your water filter stuff. I will say business connect and grail are my two favorite. That's um, and business connect has multiple products for different. I mean, they, they've got, 
portable stuff all the way down to the, the little tablets all the way up to you know ways that you can you know straighten out the water coming hey. into your house i mean they got everything so for yeah. the record have you and i ever discussed the topic of water treatment ever this is my first time ever discussing anything with you. <laughs> well, yeah, other, you know, other than than you know, we yeah, have other than a phone call, to, hey, phone want, call yeah. stuff, but you know, yeah. we didn't coordinate this as far as Grail and Business Connect are concerned. Uh, so it's really not. interesting that that you know you've drawn the same conclusions as us, and you've done even more research than we have. Yeah, I mean, I've got so one of their products is the Puri bag. Um, which is a really cool product. They it is basically a bag that it's more for like a base camp situation or where you're going to be somewhere for a little while. Okay. Um, I did a video on that, and I want to say collectively across all platforms, we're somewhere north of 130 million views on that okay. video. Um, basically, it's a it's a clear bag that's got a valve on it. It's got a little carbon filter on on the valve, but I went to the same mud hole. Y'all can whoever's listening, <laughs> right, go, go to the Battle Box uh, TikTok or whatever and find this. Um, I used that that bag. I dipped that. I filled that bag full of this. I called it turd water because that's what it looks like. Yep. I mean, it's freaking dirty. Like a, a freaking pig wouldn't drink out of this. I mean, it's it's horrible. Um, I filled it up and they use a product from Procter and Gamble. And I know a lot of people have their opinions about Procter and Gamble, but y'all got to understand this product from Pro um, Procter and Gamble has saved millions of lives in third world countries when it comes to bad water. Okay. Millions and millions. Okay. It's a, it's a big deal in third world. You, you think our water's bad, right? Their water's freaking, uh, it'll kill you in, in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Um, so it's a powder it's a coagulant so you pour that packet of powder in inside that bag after you fill it with your water and you can literally see it it, it clumps it coagulates all the the heavy crap in there right and you literally can see it that's why i think the video did so well is because you could visually see it work um that makes and it collects all the crap down into the bottom there's also you know, chlorine and, and other things in there to help disinfect and kill bacteria and bacteria and viruses, yada, yada, yada. But, and then the spout, you literally can pour the water out of the bag into a container and drink it like right there. Yeah. Um, you, you can boil it. You, you can do more measures if you want to, if you got the ability to do that, but it is a fascinating freaking product. I mean, it's fascinating uh, how well it works and, uh, and, you know, business connect is behind that. So when it comes to water business connect is top of the game and, and, and uh, across portability all the way to, you know, large amounts of water to, you know, grail being my choice on something that, I can filter water in a matter of seconds and drink yeah. it and carry it with me. Yeah. I think of the grail as like a EDC. You yeah. Know, EDC. I love, I love it. Survival. I absolutely love my grails. They're great. So we're running long on time here, but let's give me, let's, let's yeah, do long winded. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's great content. <laughs> Let, let's who's I'm going to ask you for like what you think your number one or two is for the following categories that you already mentioned. So so okay. food, 
So if somebody's going to stockpile food that let's say has a long shelf life, like a 25 year shelf life, what are your recommendations? Like who are the vendors out there that you've vetted that you feel are, are the ones to, to patronize? The ones, the ones I think have the best nutritional value and taste. Cause let's think about this too, folks. Um, food is also a comfort item. Food is, is you know, is a morale booster. Um, sure is. There, there's plenty of products out there. You can, you can amass a huge amount of caloric value, but it tastes horrible. And you're going to like in a true survival situation, you're going to do what you got to do, but if it can taste good, that's a plus, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I like um, ReadyWise, okay. the company ReadyWise. Familiar with them. Um, and uh, dang, uh, P- uh, Peak Refuel. Okay. It's good stuff. Very I've tried theirs, but I've tried the other one. That's interesting. Yeah. Those are two brands that I, that I really enjoy. Um, and, you know, they have, of course, your backpacker type deals, but they also have, you know, ability for like, uh, you know, home stores type stuff as well. You know? Gotcha. All right. More so like marketing is towards the backpacker stuff, but they have, right. you know, they have. Yeah. The, the, the larger stuff for prepping. So yeah. the next category you mentioned was shelter. Let's come at this from a different perspective. Let's say somebody has a GHB, a get home bag in their, their vehicle. Right. And obviously there has to be some accommodation for shelter. What what are the top choices for people, you know, to throw in that get home bag? So not super heavy, but still can provide them some shelter. I'm a bit, I'm a big advocate for a three by three tarp. Okay. Um, uh, my favorite as of right now that I use extensively is from a company called DD hammocks. Um, they make hammocks as well, obviously, but yeah, they they make they make a really nice tarp. It has, I could be wrong here. I want to say nineteen tieouts on it. I think. Wow. So you can make a ton of different. If you got some cordage with you, which should right. be like I said when I mentioned these, there's little things in between. You know, that's but right. Like, um, if you've got cordage with you, you can. I, and I did a video series. It's on the BattleBox channel of of different types of shelters you can make with that one tarp um you can do all kinds of stuff with a good tarp all kinds of stuff it's lightweight uh you don't have to fold it up i'm not a folder like i cram i cram (laughs) the same way (laughs) my my belief is if i continually fold in the same spot over and over and over again it's going to wear it out so by stuffing that's why in my opinion that's why they call them stuff sacks by stuffing it in there you're you're creating multiple different you know creases and multiple different wrinkles and stuff like that you're not just working one spot over and over and over and over again which is going to bring down you know the longevity of your tarp that's um, that's a really interesting perspective i hadn't thought of it that way yeah, yeah. i mean I, that's, i suck at that stuff as well i couldn't wrap yeah. a christmas present if my life depended on it, it looks like a five-year-old did it uh, yeah, myself, so, yeah. we, we've got some we've got some u.s army gi issue ponchos that we carry in our vehicles same idea though it's essentially a tarp yeah. that's got some you know yeah. ringlets in it and you can do all kinds of neat stuff with it yeah. so next thing you mentioned was medical let's 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 call it medical slash first aid you know yeah yeah well, 
let's talk FAKs then, for example. And and I know okay. a ton of people love uh, Refuge Medical, you know, from Bear yeah. Independent, and it's it's really yeah. good stuff. Love his stuff, yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm not questioning it all. Is there any other brands? Because I think pretty much if you if you talk to anybody in our community, it seems like almost all of them will say, if you've got the money, get something from Refuge Medical. But yeah. but Refuge Medical aside, who we love and we think they make great products. Well, who would you recommend for uh, yeah. know, something that's maybe a little bit more economical for somebody who doesn't yeah. have the disposable uh, income? Uh, Bear probably ain't going to enjoy this answer, but <laughs> in, in, con in context, <laughs> um, excuse me, uh, I like my medic um, right. out of Utah. Yep. Uh, reason I like them is they have a, a, a very well put together comprehensive kit all the way down from small affordable stuff all the way up to you know big stuff if, if that's what you want to do but what i like about them is um that stuff is a consumable right right and sometimes sometimes it's difficult for people like they'll use something or they used a few things out of there and instead of replenishing that properly they just buy another ifac they do where with my medic they have everything categorized so well that you can just keep replenishing your current system without having to go and buy a full whole other system. They make it very easy. Um, it, the way they package everything. Is it also just, makes it very easy right. to find what you're looking for because yeah. it's not, a lot of IFACs, you bust them open and shit just flies everywhere. Yeah, just and, and crap my, everywhere. My medic, like you said, has got all these little, you know, uh, packages you know, yeah. containers that have everything in them. And it's a lot easier to find stuff. So, and, yeah. and look, I use it look, as much sharp stuff as I mess with. Funny thing is I haven't substantially cut myself. Don't say it. In a, Don't in a say long it. time. You're going to put the heads on you. last month. I cut myself <laughs> twice, twice last month where I, I very, I should have went and got stitches. I mean, I, I should have, but I didn't. One, because I hate going to doctors. Yep. And two, I, I I ain't got time for that. I got things to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, specifically down in Texas, when Jason was down there, when Jason had just left to go to the airport. Okay, right. I was meeting with a knife vendor, and uh, I cut the crap out of my leg. I know people can't see it. You'll be able to see it right here. Holy shit! Yeah, you did. Like. I mean, deep and the way, the way, the place I cut because of the lights, the way the skin, you know, moves in that area, it opened up like a, like a big eyeball. Dang. Like you could, you could put a golf ball down in there. I mean, it, it was bad, right? Yeah. Everybody was like, would just come out of the oven. Oh man, it was bad. So everybody was like, man, you need to get stitches. And I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> give me that ball nah. of crazy glue. <laughs> I'm going to go up to my room. I got a my medic kit up there. I'm going to go up to my room. We're going to clean this thing up. And funny thing is, is uh, our CEO's wife is, she was there with, with him on that trip. She's a, uh, she's a veterinarian, right? So she was all in on helping fix me up, you know? So she got down in there with some freaking alcohol swabs and, oh my God, I almost needed a leather belt. Like she's in oh, yeah. my leg yeah, scrubbing yeah. that joker. And uh, we used a product from my medic called um, called Zips. Ultimately, we used Zips, and it's a All right. think of a think of a souped up butterfly bandage, but it's like ratchet, like a ratchet strap. 
So you stick it on there, you know, like with conventional butterflies, you got to like keep the wound closed, put That's it on right. one side and try to keep it closed and put it across and hope it yeah. stays closed. Yeah. With this, you stick it on either side of the thing and then you pull the zip, the like it's kind of like zip ties. You pull those away from each other and it closes your wound up. That's pretty slick. And dude, it worked great. Like I didn't go get stitches. I got a scar, but you know, chicks dig scars, right? So yeah, all good. Uh, you would have had a scar anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty good cut. So yeah, my medic would be my my recommendation on medical outside mm -hmm. of, of other brands. Uh so and the fifth thing that you mentioned is self-defense. And obviously, you know, that that you know plays to things like uh, you know, EDC pistols and truck guns and knives and everything yeah. else in between martial arts, the whole nine yards. So there's not really like a, a favorite product there or anything like that. Um do you have a favorite ammo for your EDC by chance? I'm I'm a I'm a reloader. So oh okay. Uh, <laughs> what so what projectile um, do you use for your EDCs then? I'm a uh I like uh Lapua and Hornady. Okay. Um I usually use Lapua brass and, and Hornady projectiles. Um or burger projectiles, depending on you know what I'm using it for. Um All right. some of my rifles like some of my stuff like I, I'm a ballistics freak. So some some of my um some of my my tools i'll call them yeah um, like burgers and some of them like hornady you know um totally get it but, but you know about self-defense outside of the equipment you need to be proficient in those things okay just because yes. you own one of these tools does not mean you know how to use it proficiently at all or safely um uh, that 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 should be in your in your preparations is if you don't know somebody who could properly train you and even if you do go get trained by some professionals 100%. like really really learn understand it practice it make it a part of your life have fun with it and hopefully you never need to use it um but also understand i think a lot of preppers fall into this category they're like well I got X, Y, Z and I got, you know, all this ammo and blah, blah, blah. I'm ready. You ain't ready for crap. Okay. Cause there's a whole lot more that goes into survival and, and sustainability that you need to think about the water, the food, the shelter, the medical, the, all that, um, especially medical because medical goes hand in hand with, uh, pew, pew tools. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. So Mike Sterling is, uh, he's on our team, uh, master ordnance disposal guy. And he frequently say, says that human beings never rise to the occasion. We fall to our level of training, you know, the stuff where you, you've burned the neural pathways so you don't have to stop and think, right? Like, I always draw the analogy of football because I was too short to drop into pass protection. So I played rush end, short yeah. side of the field. I had three jobs. Don't let anybody get between me and the, the sideline or I owned a gap or I was blitzing the quarterback. Well, when you've seen the same play thousands of times, you don't have to stop and think because you've got the reps. Whereas in football, if you have to stop and think, you're not going to get to the play in time. And if yeah. you're not at the play, you're not in the play. You might as well not even be on the field. So the yeah. same thing, you know, the good point on your part, Brandon, with regards to 
get the training, but they're also these are perishable skills. You have yeah. to use them on a regular basis. And you know, you know as well as I do that if you get you know in front of a podium and you start you know preaching that people should exercise and that they should eat a clean diet, they will tune you out and your content will get no hits. Yeah. So we we frequently say those are personal decisions, but as far as let's say pew pews are concerned you know you can turn it into fun things we use our blackbeard x's everybody at team sd has a blackbeard x in their ar and we compete against each other online we do stuff in person where a lot of stress inoculation so mm -hmm. 100 like i told you 116 degrees outside some of us you know we've got the balls bigger than the brain syndrome and we pop <laughs> yeah. there too frequently and but still it's it's shoot do some sort of crazy exercise run to the next station shoot do some sort of crazy exercise until yeah. you're completely gassed and you know we can wrap up on this topic but i think you'll get a kick out of this so so mike uh, sterling owns the private the oldest privately owned ordnance disposal company in america he didn't start it he bought it after he got out of the services okay and one of the things that they do is they train uh, the police so they were doing some training for Atlanta PD. You're going to get a kick out of this. So Mike and, and his top guy for firearms instruction get there. And you've got all these guys, essentially sharpshooters. They've got the best gear, you know, and, and they're at their private range. And they're knocking out one-inch groups, like one MOA at 100 yards and whatnot. And Mike's guy, he's shooting four MOA. And, you know, you can hear, according to Mike, you can hear all these guys talking under their breath saying, you know, what's this guy going to teach us? You know, he's, he's yeah. his, his groups are terrible sort of thing. So unbeknownst to the these guys, they had loaded up kits for everybody. And I can't remember the exact weight, but it wasn't small. Like it was like 70 pounds or something in that range. And they right. said, okay, we've got kits ready to go for everybody. We're going for a 10 mile run. Let's go. <laughs> and so they did this 10 mile run with zero breaks. And when they got back to the range, everything was all set up, ready to go. And they were given no chance to take a break. And they had to start doing these run and gun drills sort yeah. of thing. And a lot of these guys went from shooting one MOA to 24 inch MOA. Like yeah, they can hit yeah. the broad side of a barn and Mike's yeah. guy who has gone through years and years and years of stress inoculation, whether it be the physical duress, whether it be being shot with, you know, airsoft guns at point range, which you probably know will take the skin off you and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He was still shooting the same four inch groups at a hundred yards, yeah. which is yeah. a zone. It's still a kill shot. Right. So yeah. yeah, get, get you some quality training and dry fire is a great way to stay up on that without, you know, yeah. blowing a lot, a lot of misses, a lot of misses and a lot of, um, I mean, I, I've kind of seen the same stuff that comes down to trigger control. And, and being, being able to to and that you get that from dry firing 100 yeah. percent well yeah you get you're the, gonna you mess get up the... your firearm by shoot by drive no you're not you you need to dry fire you need yeah. to dry fire 10 times more than you shoot live live ammunition yeah i mean if you use like the blackbeard x from manis x again we're not an affiliate we don't get any money from them we don't have any dog in the hunt or anything like that you know, you replace your your charging handle, your bolt carrier group, and your magazine is the battery and the Bluetooth modem and whatnot. And as you know, you get all kinds of awesome feedback. Where did the barrel go before you pulled the trigger? Where did the barrel go when you pulled the trigger? How much was the gun cantilevered? So on and so forth. And it comes back and gives you scores. Uh, it's amazing 
how rapidly you can improve your skills especially if you introduce these these stressors right like doing some yeah. physical exercise or you know denny chapman you know is our in-house you know firearms sme and he shot me uh, you know point blank range with an airsoft pistol and that was not the best decision i've ever made in my life because i came <laughs> in took my shirt off my wife was like are you 15 years old you know like what are you doing for? I, I hear that all the time <laughs> yeah, well, you know it is what it is right but do they do they make a do they have a model of that dry fire system for bolt guns or is it just gas guns so the x10 which is which is a little sensor it can go on anything it can go on a bow a crossbow a shotgun bolt action okay. gun ar <clears throat> now what the x10 will do is it'll do all the basic mantis stuff right so the stuff I already mentioned, what it won't do is the laser training academy where you go through all these advanced courses and, you know, you get accolades for it. They even physically send you awards if you pass certain things, but it's pretty badass. Um, I've got one on a Glock 19. And again, I know our listeners don't have, uh, can't see the video, but you can, Brandon. So that's the X10 mounted to the bottom of a dry fire mag. So normally when you're shooting right. dry fire with a pistol, you got to shuck it right between e each shot right. with this dry fire mag and the X10 on the bottom. You don't have to do that. It, it automatically looks after it for you. So nice. you get these little deals that it's just a little tiny piece of pick rail that it's connected to. You can take that little piece of pick rail and put it on any of those other weapons that I just mentioned and, and get your feedback from that as well, which is pretty cool. And it will tell you nice. your trigger fingers too heavy, you know, you know, you're, you're jerking it to the right, your, your cantilever two degrees, all that kind of stuff. Huh. Really, really cool. So, yeah, I need to, I need to look into that. I hadn't, I hadn't never messed with nothing like that. I just, I just dry fire, you know, without, without any assistance on that stuff, but I do a lot of bolt gun, bolt gun stuff though. So let, Hey, if it's okay with you, Brandon, let's, uh, there's an offline conversation for you and I to have on the, the Mantis products that I'll, I'll tell, share some information with you. Not that uh, I don't want to share it with our listeners. We'll probably end up <laughs> doing a whole episode on Mantis X stuff. Um, but I've got to get to a meeting here shortly. And But I really appreciate your time, Brandon. Super impressed with your breadth of knowledge. I mean, it's it's just awesome. Uh, congratulations, yeah. Battlebox, for picking you, uh, you know, to be the face of the company. Uh, yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's been a ride it's been pretty cool i'm looking forward to many more years of it so right on all right brandon appreciate it thank you be safe yeah man thank you